You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Locked On Indians. I am Jeff Ellis, your host. Not a lot of news to talk about. Uh, let's be perfectly honest. It is the slow season in general for baseball. Uh, should we talk about the big signing of the weekend? Mike Miner to the Royals. Uh, you can tell, uh, not impressed by the signing of Mike Miner to the Royals. Uh, again, the biggest impact Mike Miner has had in recent years was the uh, the lack of value that the Rangers were able to get from him, and hopefully that fan base the lesson learned when it comes to Lance Lynn who has in, in and of himself been an up and down talent through his career uh you know strike while the iron is hot get something because the Rangers are going to be bad for a while uh that is a bad minor league system and they've just not developed I mean they were a darling of development when they had that good run a few years ago but it has been it's not been good there. Like That is a situation where John Daniels has been in place a very long time, but one could make an argument that uh, it that could be an organization where change could be needed. And, you know, it, there is a tree there for other, uh, you know, the twins are a hybrid of the Indians and Rangers model. And it is also interesting that the Rangers model, for all of its lack of success, has changed so much. They've gotten hyper-conservative in recent years. So that's, uh, yeah, that's the big signing uh, no specifics on it that I've seen yet, just that he signed. And, you know, it's such a killer in general for Major League Baseball. I think of all the excitement with the NBA when free agency happens for the NFL. Baseball just doesn't have that. And, you know, I would, what is baseball uh, lacking that those sports have? Salary cap, salary floors. Um, I don't think we're ever going to see baseball agree to that. It's 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 one of those things where I feel like billionaire owners can probably spend more than they do spend on their sport, um, and baseball being an uncapped one does allow for owners to just go wild. They can spend whatever they want, and uh, you know it, it, when you look at the the Indians are in a situation where next year they might be low enough in payroll that if you had a capped versus uncapped league you know in a capped league with salary floors the Indians might fall below that floor like let's be honest this is a team that is going to be down in a very low payroll next year by all accounts and uh, everything else so we'll have to see looking forward uh, to the show this week we'll hopefully have a guest for tomorrow don't want to jinx it we will see I'm trying to have that guest every Tuesday on the show for the WKYC uh, video podcast that you can listen to it as normal on uh, Tuesday morning, but uh, you can also watch it if you want it over on WKYC. Uh, the Thursday podcast, if I'm being honest, is probably going to be the most interesting one this week because Wednesday night is the non-tender deadline. We'll talk about some names that came up, just looking at Major League Trade rumors uh, for uh, players that could be let go. Uh, a lot of Indians guys popped up on that list, you know, between Hedges and Naquin and um Delano de Shields. I mean if the Indians let go of those three players, I mean that's likely with their arbitrations, you're save the organization something like seven million dollars. So uh our hedges, the shields, and Naquin 
worth $7 million in value. I don't know. I mean, Hedges is the only one I, I would lean towards. The other two just have not had enough consistent value. And if you look at what they're slated to earn, $4 million could net you a lot more interesting things. And uh, we'll talk about some of those names throughout the show. We'll dive into some of the names also listed on that site. Uh, we have to talk about uh, Sandy Alderson's comments over with the Mets, where basically he came out and said, we're not going to trade away our youth. We'll sign free agents. Their focus is on free agency and not trades. Now, that's a bummer as an Indians fan, but I also get it. Um, he could not have loved, after building that Mets team together, to sat there and watch Brody uh, Van Wegman come in and make that really ill of I mean, that Cano trade is a terrible trade. There's no way around it. Taking on that salary, I mean, I made fun of the trade at the time. I was, a, and, and, you know, people stick on Kalenic. I was a big Justin Dunn fan uh, when he was, was he a Boston College guy? He was, he was a Northeast non-traditional baseball program. Uh, you know, he's one of those guys you heard about late. And, yeah, he's undersized and, you know, better than average chance he's going to be a reliever. But Kalenic and, and Dunn and taking on the salary they took on and then Diaz not being good. Yeah, it's and that's that is just a franchise breaker. I mean, Kalenic could be in the majors next year and the Mets are still looking for a center fielder right now and have been for the better part of a decade. Uh not to mention, you know, the ill-advised free agent signings. I mean, again, the JD Davis trade has worked out really well, but uh I, I thought they had a weird approach to the draft. Um the draft is the Major League Baseball draft is not where you want to put all your eggs in one basket. And that's essentially how the Mets approach the draft. Like we're going to get three guys and punt the next seven rounds on between day one and two. It's a very weird approach to take because, you know, in general, we know across drafts that uh, basically, you know, the NBA might be an exception, but NFL, NHL, a lot of these ones trading down is smarter because uh, no one's really that good at it. Like at the end of the day, no one is really good at drafting. So the logic is, with no one really excelling at it, uh, various degrees of success across any sport, especially as there's been more teams and just more knowledge, uh, more opportunities leads to more success. It's just quantity over quality, and that is how the Indians approached their trades for that same reason. Uh, the Mets took the complete opposite approach. Uh, again, this is a huge stinker, as I think they are the best trade option for the Indians uh, with Francisco Lindor. I did see some stuff, again, with the Yankees. It was interesting that uh, the thought was the Yankees may not move Luke Voigt because they don't think he is value- he's not valued enough in trades. And, I mean, you can get that to a degree, right? Like, this is a guy who won the home run crown last year and would be just part of a package for a rental. Uh, it's kind of odd to think of it that way, but, yeah. So, and if the Yankees aren't moving him, that makes a Yankees package really hard to put together talked about the angels yeah you know, i i did a thing on twitter where i hit up my old buddy taylor blake ward i'm like let's make a trade for lindor and he's like a trade isn't happening uh he goes they're they're with everything in place the new general manager is not going to put all of his eggs in that man i'm using that uh metaphor a lot today right is that a metaphor do i have that correctly but uh he's not gonna he wants to come in and slow build and use what they have and they don't have a ton to begin with it is not an ideal situation so with the new management crew there they're likely to circle the wagons and uh try to find cheap cheaper talent and not do it so 
bad news for the Indians. I mean, the Angels could be out. The Mets could be out. Uh, the big bids we thought could be coming might not exist, which might really lower the overall value you get for Lindor. So we'll, it's something to definitely pay attention to. And if you want great value, go over to BuiltBar.com today. I've talked about my love of Built Bar many times on this show. They have been a sponsor of ours since the spring. And this is, you know, I've tried a few of our sponsors over the years. Uh, you, it's always the nice thing about sponsorship is you do get to, to sample it. And this is the one sample where I have gone back and bought the product and then gone back and brought the, bought the product again and again. Uh, Built Bar has become a part of my life since they joined as a sponsor, and you should check them out because it is a fantastic bar that gives you energy, does not have, you know, it, it's a good-for-you bar. It tastes delicious, and it's going to give you the energy, and it's just a protein-packed, uh, enjoyable treat that functions as a meal. I mean, that's what I use it for. I use it for meals. And if you want to try Built Bar and see what I've been talking about, go over to BuiltBar.com right now. Use the promo code LOCKDOWN. Get 20% off. I wish I could still use that promo myself. Uh, it's a great deal. 20% off. They're always having deals. They have a Cyber Monday deal. So go check that out for yourself today. So earlier uh, last week, I should say, we talked about you know, looking for looking at someone like Hunter Renfro, like cheaper deals for players who were could be cut or might be cut. And I thought we'd talk about some interesting names uh, for the Indians to consider. Looking at that MLB trade rumors uh, list, just going through, one name kind of jumped out at me. Uh, We talked about Jose Iglesias as a trade target if the Indians do manage to move Lindor. Orlando Arcia was a top 10 overall prospect in baseball. I was incredibly high on him. He was one of my top five overall prospects in baseball. And he debuted at 21 has been an everyday player for the Brewers and a disappointment, right? I mean, in 2018-2019, he was well below league average. Good defender at short, uh, very good defender at short. And he could be let go, even though at age 25, he's coming off by far his best season, an OPS plus of 96. He, 734 OPS overall, 260 batting. If you're curious, his bat pip was in line with career averages, so he wasn't lucky. He's getting pricey because he has finished five years in the majors. Why he could be interesting for the Indians, He's just he just turned 26. He's a young player who's hitting his prime, who might actually be hitting as he gets to his prime. Uh, his overall war last year was still a negative, and over his career, it's a 2.5. If you got not a whole lot going on there, I think he's an interesting player to at least consider. Uh, the reason his war was negative last year is because for whatever reason, he had a negative score. Uh, in terms of his defensive value over on baseball reference. And baseball savant also does not have the outs above average at 20th percentile, 33rd in sprint. It is really interesting looking at his 2019 data. Lots of dark blue, 11th in expected batting average, 25th in exit velocity, 16th in hard uh, hard hit percentage. Come around to 2020, 81st in expected batting average, 79th in expected error in K percentage, which is from 62. That was his highest a year ago. So even an area he was good at, he got better at. Exit velocity up to 53, slugging to 52, hard hit to 46. Barrels at 32 are his only light area, and that is up from 20. Uh, Walk percentage is lower. Uh, It was always a lower one, but it was actually his best at previous year. So offensively, the profile is trending up. Uh, switch hitter can at least play short just a name to keep in mind Uh, another familiar face old friend alert who could be out there is Eric Gonzalez 
I don't know if he's necessarily someone you need to track down. It's been, you know, he makes Arcia look good. Uh, 2019, 2020, he hasn't done much in the bigs. Um, You know, I just had to point him out because I think he will likely get let go. Uh, Should we, you know, Greg Garcia is an interesting guy, former St. Louis top prospect. Now he's in San Diego. I don't know if there's enough there to really go out and chase him. Hanser Alberto is another guy that, uh, you know, he drew some attention in 2019 when he hit 305, but I, there's just not enough tools there. Danny Santana is a guy I talked about two years ago a ton on the podcast. Every time the Indians faced the Rangers, I wanted them to go out and try to acquire him. At age 28, I thought he had finally turned the corner, had a fantastic season, uh, was an utter disaster this year, seems very likely to be cut. Jose Martinez uh, could be let go as well. Uh, what a down year for a guy who's been uh, a really consistent uh, contributor for his age 28, 29, and 30 seasons in St. Louis. Uh, you know, I think he's interesting to look at just because is it a one-year down or is it a swing back? You know, is there a chance for that swing back there? So those are some names to know, but I really want to spend the majority of this show talking about one name in particular. And this is not someone who has played in the majors. Uh, As a matter of fact, I'm pretty sure he never even had a major league debut. Former third-round pick of the Pirates in 2010 from a famous baseball family, Mel Rojas Jr. Um, Yes, his dad is that, um, you know, that player, Mel Rojas Sr. And Mel Rojas Jr. was with Pittsburgh and then Atlanta, bounced around the minors for a bit. In 2017, he was stuck at Gwinnett. He was old for the level at 27 years of age. He said, I'll go to the KBO. And his first year in the KBO, he is, he's great. 301, 351, 560, 9-11 for his OPS. But it really starts in 2018 with him. He's a full-time player now instead of 83 games a year before. He's up to 144 games, 305, 388, 590. 43 home runs, 71 walks to 142 strikeouts. Age 29 in 2019, 322, 381, 530, 910. 24 home runs, 49 walks to 120 strikeouts. And then this past season in 2020, 349, 417, 680, a, a one, uh, 1,097 for his OPS, or 1.097, depending on how you want to look at it. And... 47 home runs, 65 walks, 132 strikeouts, age 30 season. He's, I think, should attach some interest. He wasn't a huge prospect, but there's good bloodlines. And unlike Eric Thames will be the name that comes up because, I mean, Thames had been a big prospect before he, with the Tigers, I want to say, when he came up with potential and everything else uh, and just didn't come together. And by the time he came back, he was a TH first base only. Rojas can still play some outfield. He can still play right field or left field. He's he played some center in 2019, but he's a he's a corner guy going forward. Um, I want to get the article by uh, Dan S over whose work I love over on Fangraphs. Uh, I'm saying Dan S because I don't want to butcher his name. Um, and you know, right now, if you're curious about just basic costs with him. He's making 1.5 in 2020, and he'd like to make more. Uh, when Thames came over, he had a uh, a three-year, $16 million deal. 
and you know putting the back in April 2020 uh Dan I'll try it Simborski uh who writes some really great stuff that sometimes goes right over my head trying to he was trying to show correlation data and how things translate or trying to kind of make a conversion tool back then and when you look at what Rojas's line uh, looking at conversions, uh, his 2019 season was the equivalent of a 266, 314, 448. So that's what a 762 OPS. Hey, the Indians, that'd be pretty good, right? And he can still play the outfield. I think he's just a really interesting player. And there are the bloodlines, there's everything else. 31. Like, are you willing to give a 31-year-old a three-year contract? I am. I, I don't think that's a, a ridiculous uh, idea to consider as long as it's... We talked about saving $4 million roughly if you get rid of DeShields and Aquin, right? I would rather take that $4 million and offer DeShields something, or DeShields, offer Mel Rojas Jr. something like three years, $12 million. Hey, it's $14 million a year. If it goes sideways, it goes sideways. You can handle $4 million. You should be able to handle $4 million. I don't know if the Indians can, but you should be able. they should be able to handle $4 million. That's not a huge investment. It's a chance to buy low. It's a lottery ticket. And yes, there have been some huge failures. But when you look at someone like uh, Park, who went to the Twins, lots of strikeouts. And Rojas is a free swinger with high strikeouts. But he walks more than Park ever did. And that, that gives me a little more belief. And... Park was first base only. When you get someone like Rojas, having flexibility gives you uh, more opportunities to play. If you are limited to first base um, and the bat isn't quite measuring up, you're willing to take less offensive production in a corner outfield spot than you are at first base. So on the whole, I think you know he's he's interesting. He's really interesting because he still has tools. He's not just some first base only prospect and that's why when i was you know i I read about him over on uh mlb trade rumors again that's kind of where i go to get my daily news for baseball i didn't i went through their article you know and that did provide a lot of information for the podcast today but then doing my own digging on him it just it's interesting to see that i've always thought that there i want to see matt merton signed merton the former cubs outfitter a few years ago by the indians when he was putting up big numbers in japan and had been a, a good but not great prospect and never got that extended look. And I always thought that that was a real miss by baseball. Like, you can get these players, and uh, Korea and Japan right now, side note, are going to town. Uh, I think they had eight or nine guys that have signed in the last, uh, over the weekend, to deals over there. Uh, they are taking advantage of the lull in the American market to add talent right now. But if you can go out there and sign the high-end talent. Yes, it's a lesser league, but it's something more the equivalent of double or triple A. And if you can sign someone who's won the triple crown and hit nearly 50 home runs uh, to a very cheap contract, and he can come in and be a league average bat and outfielder, guess what? That is a huge upgrade for the Indians. League average is something we aspire to in that outfield. I am all for trying that out. Uh, I think he's a very interesting player to consider. Again, because he's going to be so cheap. You know, he made 1.5. He wants to make more than that. I was talking about giving him $4 million a year. You might be able to get away with less than that. You could give him 
something like a two-year, $7 million contract. And there's a, I have a hard time thinking he wouldn't sign for that. This isn't like Shogo Akiyama last year, who I talked about, who did struggle in that conversion with the Reds, where he was at the end of his career and had you know earned a lot throughout. This is a guy who's never made a lot of money, and you've got that opportunity to go out and consider him. And look at the lesser leagues. I mean, it is like the chance to sign someone who's performing well in double A. And if you can go out and get guys for less than a million who've performed really well, go do it. Why not? What's the big deal if it's under a million? I think using Japan and Korea as advanced minor league systems is not the worst idea in the world. Um, I think using more scouting ties there, and especially if you're going to cut down on the minor leagues in America, uh, using those as developmental pipelines might not be the worst thing ever. We're not going to be able to, as Indians fans, ever expect the Indians to go out and sign the the high-end international player. Uh, Danny Baez was the last one, and we're not going to see that happen again. That was it. That was the last big-name guy. Um, That won't happen. So getting the lesser talent, finding the guys who might fly under the radar, that is what we have to hope for as Indians fans. Uh, You have to find the, uh, the cheap talent on the market because... Money is not going to get spent, and I think we all have come to terms with that. Even if they do cut significant money off the books, uh, money is not going to get spent. Uh, I was going to talk a little bit about the correlation between some fun things with the Browns and the Indians. Uh, maybe we'll save that for Wednesday's show. Thursday's show, we'll talk about uh, if the Indians does it. You know, if the Indians decided to waive anyone at the last moment to not pay arbitration bills, and any other interesting names who were let go Tuesday. Fingers crossed we'll have our guest on for tomorrow's show. And Friday, we'll see. We'll see what's in the air. We might do just a historical show on Friday if nothing is developing or nothing of note um, from the other days. And I'll kind of give that uh, Browns-Indians connection, corollary thoughts, like I said, on Wednesday. So things are lined up for all, all, things lined up all this week. So make sure to tune in. Uh, We will be moving to the uh, three-day-a-week model later on in December. So enjoy the five days a week while you have it. Make sure you're downloading every day. If you download every day, that is a huge thing for a show. That's very helpful. So if you're someone who downloads here or there, just download every day. If you don't get to it and you end up deleting it, that's fine. But downloading is huge. If you can download and play while you're doing other things and you're not even listening, uh, after you've done, like if you download Monday show and it's Friday and you're like, I'm not going to, I mean, it's good for the week. I'm not going to lie to you, but if you're not going to get to it, if you can just leave your phone on and have it play with the volume off, that's great too. Anything to help, uh, downloading, playing, having a friend, all of that. Uh, let's help get those numbers up. It is my ambition, uh, for this show to crack our top 10 MLB podcasts. And, uh, I need help from all of you out there to get that happen. Let's get the Indians up there amongst those top 10 overall podcasts in uh, the Locked On Network. And then once we do that, we can start thinking about in all of baseball. I've been Jeff Ellis. This has been the Locked On Indians podcast. I want to thank you all. Uh, I also need to do a new set of thank yous on iTunes soon. We will get to that. But thank you to everyone out there who rates and reviews. That's huge for the show, who does download every day. And hey, just thank you for downloading any day you do. And as always, go Tribe.